welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, welcome back, Dan and Wayne. It's uh, good to be back here with a win. Better than the week before. That's it, that's it. <laughs> and we'll, we will touch on that um, briefly in the final siren about we're not going to uh, miss out that big loss. Mm. Um, I've got some good questions here, if you're not. But um, a stat that I found fascinating, I only heard on the way up here. Do you know West Coast has the most All-Australians on their list? Well, I'm not surprised we've got that many All-Australians on our injury list as well. But, and that, but we've got 10 All-Australians on a list. It's the most on any club. And one of them, and, you know, Luke Shuey's not even one of them. That's mm. it, amazing, when, isn't when it? When you've got players like uh, Edwards from um, Richmond, and yeah. a good, like, consistent player, but then when Shuey's not on it, it's like... That's a bit of a blight on the system, isn't it, really? It is, but I, just, I was driving along on the way here, heard that stat, and it just blew my mind. Uh, yeah. They were talking about Eagles being an ageing miss, but we won't go into that. I think we did talk about, though, that every line has them. Yeah. Darling, Kennedy, Ryan, forward. Then you've got the midfield, you've got the gaffs, you've got the yos there, all the Australians, Nick now the ruck, all Australians. Then you go back, you know, you've got Gov, you've got Hearn, you've got Shep, all Australians. So it's on every line. That's what I love about it. Now, just talking about successful teams over decades and West Coast, Sydney and Geelong have had off-field and on-field success and they're the main three teams and that's where it come up from. Right, I'm going to get into some questions. They say if you haven't won a flag in seven to ten years as a coach, it's time to move on. Buckley's been at uh, Collingwood since 2011. Will he be there in 2022? If not, who's going to be his replacement? Or will he be there? Um, I'm going to say just flat out, no, I will mm. keep him. Uh, Ross Lyon's obviously the best candidate. The only thing with Ross Lyon is I don't have faith in him actually rebuilding a side. I think when a side's underperforming, he's going to come in. So best team like a GWS. Imagine Ross Lyon, if he walked into GWS with that list. He would get that to a grand final. Collingwood, he has to rebuild that. That's the only blight on him, but he would be number one in my view. Well, they love Buckley and he can do no wrong, so I reckon they'll sign him. I don't think they will. I think yeah. I think you might find... It round, depends on if this new round, guy... Round 12. I think you'll find there might be... There, there, if there's not a change at round 12, there will be a change at the end of the year. And the only reason he won't be in round 12 is that Ross Lyon won't be ready to go into that role at that time. Well, I've... But Ross Lyon will be the next coach of Collingwood. And if you watch the football classified show closely with Eddie Maguire and him, he never bags Collingwood and he yeah. never bags Buckley, but he bags every other club in the competition. Well, if and he backs Eddie Maguire and in a lot of well, Eddie, Eddie's gone. If Jeff Brown calls an emergency general meeting and gets in, Buckley will be there for the next three years because they are best mates. The funniest thing is, so, I was about to say that, it's not just the coach, it's also the, the presidency up that's, they might not be there for longer, so there's a big trouble. There. But I think you, your other part to that question said, will the coach going at some level, I, I, you'd be crazy not to get a guy like him. To me, he was one of the all-time great midfielders. It's like Michael Voss, who's a great, fantastic, doing a great job in Port Adelaide. I've always said, get away from your club. Agree. And um, I just think he's cursed at Collingwood. Uh, let's get on to the next one. If the Eagles don't make the finals, Simo has another year to run in his contract. The club was looking at extending it for two more years, but do they wait to the end of the year to see how we're going, or do they back him in? Um, personally, I, Simo, I want to keep great coach. But to answer that question, no. I, I will always wait um, for the last year of that contract. He one. never signed a player. He never signed a coach. You don't sign anyone. Two years out, because you never know what's going to happen no. at yeah. the time. I've, right. got, I've got weight there, because and still, 
It, I mean, the club's lost a half a million dollars in the last 12 months, so... Yeah. All right, we, I gave you a bit of homework. Name your three most mm. overhyped players in the AFL quickly. You all, all right. You all know my number yeah. one. Yeah, so number one. So we all agree it's Degoe's. Degoe's number one. Yep. To me, for an, not for a person, but for an AFL footballer, he looks fat and he looks lazy, and that's... He's very lazy. Hard to say. Um, my second one, I'm going for Darcy Moore. And I've got this, him down. Yeah, this is yeah, this is great. because yeah. we're talking about overrated. We, if you want to know the stats, why we talked about that last yeah. week, so mm-hmm. go back listen or the week before. Listen to that podcast. I spoke about why he had a ride up in the NFL of like the best defender. He took this many set marks. It was against Hull. McKay kicked four goals on him that get that game. And as Wayne says, and I, I kind of agree with him. You as a defender, you need to defend. And if your player is kicking four goals on him, you've lost three goals. You then look at it like who had the more impact. Two and under, you've done your job. Um, and my final one, and this one's a little bit controversial, especially for someone here, Sam Power Pepper. And that's only in eagle circles because I hear a lot of talk about him because we wanted to draft him as a player. But to me, he can't kick. He's at the age now where he should be playing at his prime, and he's a fringe player, so he's not even in Port's best 22. So to me, that's overrated in eagle circles because they're always like, we should have got him. He should get him. Bad kick. What? Can't even break him. My other one was Stringer. From Essendon. Well, he's performing now. Though. He's performing, but he's like the goey. Yeah. One and three, one and four. To me, he's just overrated. He's, I'm not saying he's not a good player. Yeah. He's just overrated. And to me, um, if the, for the amount of hype that that guy gets, he should be performing a lot more. Yeah, well, so you know, mine, three. Mine, mine has been Degoe from day one yeah. because my family is, as you know, Collingwood supporters. I've actually yeah. got them on my side now. They're seeing they they got rid of three really good players, yeah. and for them, my second one is Charlie Dixon. Yep, I think for a guy he's thirty years of age now, he should be for for a guy that's six foot, what six foot seven, six foot eight. He should be dominating the competition. Port Adelaide will not win a flag because he can't, they have not got a dominant full forward right. and he should be dominating. Very and, hard to disagree. And, I like that one, Wayne. And I also had Stringer down as well, but as Dan just said, I, and I looked again a bit, he has improved in the last 12 months, but yeah. I think he was like very was much like the goey. One in 10 games, he has a good game. Yeah. I think he's a superstar yeah. and then he and he just fades away. Right, quickly, because we want to keep it to a minimum in this uh, section, so we can talk about <laughs> Eagles. Your three most underrated players, I'm going to tell you mine. Luke Parker, Brad Shepard and Maynard from the Boys. Oh, mine's Shep, Dave Mundy and Wiedering at uh, Carlton. Yep, yeah, I like that Wiedering one. Uh, mine's Took Miller. I think if he played for a oh, big yeah. club, he, would get, sorry, yep. he gets good numbers, average of 28 disposals this yep. year, and he's playing for a bad side. Well, improving side. Um, I'm also going uh, Hickey. People are giving him notice now, but to me, he's in the top three ruckman this year. Sydney's doing so well because four of him. clubs and he's um, fine. That's it. And we saw that with yeah. the Eagles. It's just he wasn't a good second ruckman. And mine's actually a retired part. I'm going Mark Lacroix. He is a great small forward. I know he's quite tall for being a small forward, yeah. but did you know he averages more goals a game than Eddie Betts? Oh yeah, Cyril Rioli, hmm. Ballantyne. All these great retired, or some of them are still playing. Uh, Toby Green's probably the best right now. Yeah. Lacroix still averages more goals a game than Toby Green, and by far the best small forward now. Mm. So I don't think he's counted as the greats in the AFL, where statistically is a small forward. He his numbers match, and goals the most important stat, and he's got them all covered. All right, we've got one more question in this little segment. What player in the last five years <laughs> that has now retired, no longer on the list? Has disappointed you the most, had heaps of talent and threw it all away. I'll just keep it quick, but now he was a star up at Gold Coast when he was in form. 
he was as good as Gary, but he had 34 disposals from three goals he was kicking in mm-hmm. his prime, and he threw it away. Drugs, bad training, injuries as well, but bad attitude, that's me. Mine was Kirk Tippett. Started in his first two years yep. at Adelaide, chased the money at Sydney, never was never the same player, and never. Well, I, I reckon I've got one that's even again. even better than all that. Cam McCarthy. McCarthy. And that's enough said. <laughs> yeah, he's not even performing himself. Fremantle, you know what I mean? But he had he had talent to burn, and he just threw it all away. All right, let's get on to the Eagles in the final siren. It's the final siren. All right. In 2000, Eagles played the Cats and lost by 81 points and then played three other next week in a derby and won by 117 points. This year, we got smashed by 97 points by the Cats and history sort of repeated itself because we smashed the Dockers a week later by 10 goals. So it was a 156-point turnaround. Um, it was it was an interesting game. It was a frantic and even first half. But the Eagles jumped home 20 goals, 12, 132 to the Dockers, 11 goals, 7, 73. Eagles kicked 14 of the last 17 goals. And um, Eagles kicked 14 of the last 17 goals. And it was very impressive, boys. What do you think? Yeah, I think our defensive work really lifted after half time, especially in the middle of the ground. Um, even though Oscar went back to full back on the Tabernacle, um, and Harry Woods came out to centre back. But I think the pressure in the middle of the ground, that's where it changed. And that that's where we really got on top and yeah, played super well. Our defensive game right across the ground was excellent. We I, played four quarters of football. Yeah, yeah and it's that's first time happen. this year. Yeah, it doesn't happen with any side. Uh, we've thought about that. Every mm. smashing usually is a four quarter yeah. effort, but this amazingly was. We won every quarter and it was great to see. And I agree with Wayne. It's like um, we took away Freo's strength. Freo is actually a very good clearance side mm. and we dominated them. And we did it with a very hand pass heavy game style which is so unlike what we do and um it shows it was good to see that we do have another style personally i didn't like because i was so nervous watching it because it's not our game style mm. and it's under pressure and you're doing it in congestion but it worked and they did well and we won the clearances which saved the back line but the one thing i really took from this game is surely even the most downed eagle supporters now the most negative were can see the depth now if you were a free sport, you'd be so disappointed with that win because our depth was there on the park. We had so many interest. That was their time to break the hoodoo. That was their win. time. It yep. was. I am so amazed, and you know me, I always go in hopeful for a game, but I was so amazed we won that game, let alone the way, way we won that game. Well, I think offline I was telling you guys I was pretty confident, hmm. and I don't know why for some reason, because like you said, I thought this is going to test our depth, as you said. Hmm. Our depth's all out in the park. We've got... All those players out. We don't have to mention them. We all know who they are. And like you said, we took their game away from them. In the midfield is where they're probably... They've got... They, let's face it. They've got Fife. They've got the money. They've got Sarong. They've got Brayshaw. Chera's not playing. But they've got some younger players that have played 50, 60 games now. Mm. And they're good for the midfield. But it was our midfield that destroyed them. Mm. And, and it was brilliant to watch. Like you said, handball game, we played more handballs. That's, I think, the most handballs we've had since 2018 in a game. And I, I loved it because, it, like you said, it was... To a, me. It quietens those people to say, Simo hasn't got a B plan. Well, it just proved he, he does because he changed the way we played that game. 
and we beat them. I think we've got to play it more because yeah, I love it. No, it's I, exciting. I, I say it every. You can get scored on, but it scared me. Yeah. Like, it well, can I get like scored it on. It worked, but it yeah. was scary because it was abnormal for us. But One of my mates lives down in Albany, and he said half time, "What do you reckon, Kingy?" And I said, "I reckon we're fitter, and we'll run over the top of them." And that's exactly what happened. We were a fitter team. We ran over the top of them. That they were spent. Halfway through the third quarter, they were spent. We got field position, and yeah, um, it was exciting to watch. But you can get scored, and if you don't get your defensive game plan, and that's what the Eagles did, and Fremantle didn't. That didn't close us down. Um, let's talk about Tim Kelly. Did you know he set an AFL record for the most disposals without a mark? No, I didn't know that. 42. Come on, you're a stats man. Come that. on. I'm so proud of you right now. I'm <laughs> he, so proud. He beat Gary Ablett. He did it in 2011 and Jack Stephen in 2016. They both had 41, so he did it by one. Um, but, like, he was, to me, best on ground. Um, I think he had 14 clearances, 23 contested possessions, 13 score involvements, nine tackles. And people said, we sold the farm for him? Well, I think he just paid it in spades. Oh, definitely. And I say this repeatedly. Imagine where we would be right now if he wasn't in our side. With the injuries we got in that midfield, she would be getting tackled and then it's basically game over. Um, the thing I love about that stat, though, is it says to me he got no easy ball. There was no cheap kicks to him. He got a lot of contested ball. He ran after the ball. He got the ground balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he hasn't marked it, there's no other way he can get the ball other than do the dirty work. And that was the best game, not only... For the Eagles, I think he's ever played purely well, on the basis that he's never had that many disposals and never had that many contested possessions. Well, personally, he thinks it wasn't his best. Yeah. He said he'd prefer to hit the scoreboard more because that's shots, where yeah. that's where the pressure comes from. But look, he played great, and his housemate Jermaine Jones has probably the best game of AFL football he's played, and he had a license to do what he wanted. Mate, I just twenty-one disposals, a couple goals. That was. That was brilliant. That's what we've been screaming out for with the small yeah. forwards. We've been doing it for two years now. Ever since Rio got suspended, we've been scrambling. Um, but talking about goals and that, uh, the one player I want to bring up, and I'll do it now because he's not on our run sheet, was Brander. I've, I've so come around on the idea of him on the wing. He's not the gaff that's going to get heap of the ball. He had six of But what he does, he runs. And if he if we don't have the ball, he runs back as a wingman, as a loose back, to intercept Mark. He had three intercepts, so he pushes back to do that. Then, when we do have the ball, he pushes up into the forward line and he kicked two goals. So, he's a damaging wingman. And you don't need him to get heaps of the ball because we've got Gaff on the other wing that gets heaps of the ball. So, to me, it works so well and I love it. And I think we've got to persist with him in that position. And I think that's now his position. Well, over 40 metres, he's the fastest in the team. Mm. Yeah. He's even faster than Petricelli. Look, the moves that mattered, Oscar Allen, I think you mentioned it. Oscar Allen, he ended up going back on a... Um, Matt Tabernay, I think, in the end, because Harry Edwards in the first quarter he was out of his depth. Um, but that's that's you know going to happen when your second game. Um, and he ended up going on Rory Lowe a little bit. Griffin Lowe went on to Josh Kennedy because well you know Cox went on to Darling. Our tall forward. That's where I knew we were going to win it because yeah. I was just going to. It's going to take a, a great effort for the uh, backs for Fremantle to do it. And Ryan wasn't there. Um, Darling, <laughs> I know it's come up in a lot where he takes a brilliant hard marks and he drops the sitters. And there was one there where he dropped one and uh, they go up to the coach's box and there's Simo, Simo with his uh, hands over his eyes. 
You've got to stop being a bit rude there. Selfish too instead of... It's funny. He almost does. Yeah. He's a very team-oriented player. He always goes for the hands. But that wasn't a, that wasn't that, his fault. That was an umpiring decision. That, I was about to say, but that's my pet peeve. I yeah. think I've mentioned it on here before where I really hate the fact they're calling a player when a player's not moving off his mark. He hasn't moved off his line. You can go to handball yeah. as long as you don't move off your line and change your mind. Yeah. But they're because it's the sound man in the market, they panic and they go, oh, play on. He hasn't moved off his line. It's not play on. Like, learn the rules. <laughs> There's a, my only bugbear of that game was that goal decision. It took like two and a half minutes for them to decide a goal. That was horrible. And I, uh, you got to get that better, AFL. Uh, quickly before we get on to the waffle wrap, um, Dom Sheed, he had a great game, 30 disposals. Andrew Gaff, 35. Jack Redden, 29. And Nick, they're your midfielder. That's where we won the game. And, um, you know, I know Nick gets a lot of crap, you know, from the game before where we played the Cats, he was lazy or he didn't run back far enough. But um, I don't think they had an answer for him. No. And no. he had, I think, the third amount of clearances on the ground. So, mm. um, And you just looked at some of the... Dockers players' faces when he does do the clearances, they're sitting there going, "How the fuck did he do that?" But yeah, look, good win. Let's quickly, quickly talk about that Cats game. We don't want to get in a position like that again. Um, anything you got else to say? No, no. What do you reckon about the Cats game? We don't want to see that again, do we? Well, that was deplorable, but it goes to show, like, show we, your footies all in the we, head. We use the golf analogy that, like, after you know a bogey, you'll probably hit a birdie, you know what I mean? That's exactly what yeah. it is, is we were deplorable that game. There's no excuse. Like, we do have injuries. We're nowhere near our best. But, and thank God we're not going back there because in finals it's on the MCG. So that's a little bit of a positive. But there's no excuse for that game. Like, yes, injuries. Like, the effort is a massive. Not... Well, that's not hopefully going to yeah. be the side. But there's no excuse. Yeah. Well, this win against uh, Fremantle will mean nothing if we can't back it up. Uh, this week against Hawthorne, but we'll talk about that and bounce down at towards the end of the show. Let's get on to the Waffle Wrap. It's the Eagle Nation Waffle Wrap. All right, Peel, 24-12, 156, defeated the Eagles, 12 goals, 5, 77 down at their dung heap, uh, Bendigo Bank Arena, I think it's called. I don't know if any of you guys have played on it. I have. It's a bloody big ground. Um, the difference was Peel, 11 Frio listed players, Eagles had seven. But the difference between the teams is Peel have got waffle players playing with them. The Eagles have got about four waffle players and the rest are amateurs. Mm. And watching the game... Um, you can see. You can just see the stark contrast. I think I brought it up in the last podcast when we talked about it. And I did a bit of research, and there's a player recruitment points, which damages even the waffle, everyone does. The overall baseline in uh, 2019 was 120, but they knocked it down to 100. And clubs were Claremont, Seabago, South Mountain, West Perth, because they went over salary cap. Peel funders was reduced to 80 points, and I think it's off air, Dan, you said. There was a big salary cap breach there as well. But the Eagles only get 50 points to get players. So that means um, if you're an AFL player, you're worth, say, 10 points. If you're a Waffle player, you're worth three points. And if you're an amateur player, you're worth one point. So the Eagles don't have much room to play with, especially when you've got half the points that every other team's got. See, that's the problem. Um, so we'll talk about the players soon, but to touch on what you said... We talk about seven, eight players coming into that century. That's players on the injury list that can come in. True was sick, didn't play. 
Yeah, he Patrick's put out late. got a sore hammy again, I believe. Yep. So he's not playing. So, so that's nine. You've got, you've got nine to ten players that cannot play. Cox didn't play as well. So yep. that's ten. There you go. And you just sit there and you think, I think I counted. I think we only had seven, maybe eight, I think. Seven. Mm. Seven yep. Eagles-listed players playing in that team on the yep. weekend. Um, so you, we are going to get these smashings. And when it's a point system like that and they gut, gut you out, basically... We've touched on every second week. We're going to have two emergencies and then a sub that probably won't play, but we'll go. So you're taking three out on top of the injuries every away game. Yep. It's very hard to win, but let's put that to the side, the actual result for now. Well, and let's talk about the place. Well, Who impressed you, was it? Well, well, just before that, I just want to say, though, that if for, for the competition to get better, Waffle just got to remember it's a feeder club competition. That's all it is. The Colts are your main uh, source of talent. And the rest are just feeder clubs. And if they can't wake up to that, and they're not, it's not the competition it was 20 years ago. Yeah, let's get on to the players. Um, well, like I said, Dan, off air, I was only looking at the Eagles players, the AFL listed ones. I wasn't looking at the yeah. top up players, the waffle players. And what was it? O'Neill, 28 disposals. Yeah. But he backed it up again. Yeah. So to me, that's great. He's going back and. I missed the first week when we had Ainsworth, we had O'Neill, we had True all in there at the same time, and even Vardy Rucking, because he's a good waffle level Ruckman. Um, I love that. And O'Neill was going back, and he, he almost did it solo. So 28 disposals, he's back. He's waffle form as soon as he goes back. Really impressed, because he wasn't getting those numbers two years ago. No. So his development is coming along very well, in my opinion. And Luke Edwards got six, uh, 19. Um, Foley only had nine as a backman. But he, uh, he left at half-time. Did he? He went half-time. He went to be the emergency at the Eagles. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, uh, that briefly. How much injuries we have, though, does yeah. it, Lane, really? Uh, Cameron, three goals. Archie, he slotted in pretty good, two goals. Jamison, as a ruckman, got two goals. And Edwards, one goal. Um, but Williams, I want to touch on him. 12 touches of 18 hit-outs. He's not knocking the door down, is he? No. Uh, Jamison and he no he's not he's not pushing him a second but he they are improving in my opinion weekly so first game back wasn't that great next one was better this one they'll jump into a bit as I said they're not knocking Vardy out and that's the problem these are our two backup young Ruckman that we think will be prodigies and eventually will actually take over from Nick Nat. I want to see them do more but to me the standouts were Cameron I loved his game and let's add a stat there he got seven tackles as well so a little forward that tackles, I love that. And three goals, really. And just seeing Archie run around again, who he kicked two goals as well, finally back from injury. Because injury. that's what I'm saying, our depth is so it puts pressure right now. It puts pressure back on like, Petrocelli. It, it does. Um, he had a quiet game in the derby yeah. again. So He got robbed of a goal, though, because yeah, of the robbed. siren. Did you see that? Because yeah. he kicked it, and he smiled. Because he got loose, the siren went, but he kicked it anyway. Yeah. And they took a cheeky goon because he got that goal. If it was another two seconds, he would have ended with two goals. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about a ruck socks, uh, Wayne? Uh, well, I love Bailey Williams, but what I was starting to say earlier, Vardy's averaging 10 hit-outs a game. So he's actually doing a job there because it's relieving Oscar free off having to do any ruck. But... He's kicked a couple of goals in that in that time, but yeah, Williams needs to be probably doing a little bit more. But I, mean, I don't like the stats. I know, I know you're saying Neil had 28 touches, but 
Oh, what I saw in the second half, 28 touches, might have had 14. I reckon 10 of them went to an opposition player. They were a lot under pressure, but yeah. some of his kicks were brilliant, in my opinion. Like, oh, oh, but I didn't see the first half, I only saw the second yeah, half. Yeah, the, the first half, I think the boys did a bit better, mm. and that's when his kicks were. The, the third, the third quarter was Eagles' best, I thought, because mm. yeah. they got the bo- score on the board. Um, you just touch on Vardy, 10, 10 hit-outs in an AFL game is probably not enough, and he's not getting enough possessions, but... One thing he is doing is he's putting a bit of physical pressure on some of the ruckmen, which I do like, and a lot of people don't see that. And mainly that's probably where Bailey wins. Probably needs to get a bit more physical. Yeah. So you say 10 dead outs, but he's only playing 20% of the game. Yeah, he's not playing much. You know, he's 25% playing, of the game at the most. He's, um, so to me, I reckon he's doing a role. Well, like I said, he's doing the role, and he's there. He comes in. But Bailey Williams, for him to go to the next step, he needs to, I don't know, he needs to get more aggressive, I don't know. Mm. There's just something that's missing in his game. And like I said, he can take a good grab. He's real good. He's another person you can use up forward. But like with Oscar playing back, um, you know, this is where he should be shining and trying to get, mm. get more, more into the game. I don't know. But um, look, like as we said, when we've got that many top-up players and that many players gone on a plane every second week, it's not going to look good. So they need to do something about it. I don't know how they do it if they recruit. Maybe their recruitment's not that great for the top-up players. I think it's a waste of space, to be honest. Well, I, I just honestly, I just think they need to change that point system. Mm. I think we need to have access to waffle players. I would love to have a Masson out there, a Hams out there. So yeah, that or like like realign. But even like McGuinness, you know, is a good waffle player. He's yep. ex-Eagles. We even had Gray, um, never played senior footy, but he was, in, you know, in our waffle side. You know, we've lost all these players and we but can't afford with the point system to have them back. Th- but that's what we need. That was only because of this year. Next year, their points change because yeah. it's something to do with some, oh, I can't remember what it was. I got told it's because of COVID and their points were kept above, so they were an ex-AFL player. Next year, they're a waffle player, so they're less points. But didn't McGin- so, McGuinness had an opportunity to go back to the Eagles, but he rejected it and went and stayed with Perth? Yeah, it was only because of the point thing, I think. No, I thought it was a bit more than that. I think he rejected because he became club captain of the Perth. So. All right, well, it could have been. Um, mm. Well, look, yeah, he's, is he back playing? Because he did his shoulder against yeah, he's out, he's yeah, out he's for a while. All right, yeah, so. Alright, well, that's uh, the waffle wrap. Uh, we'll try and bring you a standalone uh, one next week. Um, uh, hopefully it's on TV so we all can watch it. Um, otherwise, somebody send us your passwords for the subscriptions to the West Australian if it's on there. Will this one be streamed? I'm I don't know. I'd have have to, the system works. We'd have to have a look into it and we'll let you know anyway next week. Alright, let's get in the bounce down. It's bounce down. All right, we play Hawthorne at the MCG this Sunday. We seem to be the Sunday specialists, I think, if I have a look through the fixtures. A lot of games on Sunday. Um, look, Hawks lost to the Saints last round by 69 points, but beat the Crows a week before by three points. They sit 16th with two wins, and the Eagles are eighth with four wins. This is a must-win for the Eagles, so if they want to be taken seriously to finish top eight or top four, we've got to win. Yeah, agree. I just... These are the games you definitely have to win, and I'm very worried every week with our injuries because there's no room for complacency. We're having to rely, like I touched on Brando early, he has to play like that again. But when the young kids don't have... Basically, if you're under 50 games, you, your your performance will fluctuate up and down. 
And that's something that worries me. And I keep saying the same term is I'm waiting for the damn walls to burst. Because when you've got as much injuries to your key players, and we've all seen that graph of games missing from the players out, we're right up the top because our injuries are to our key senior players. And yeah, we've had the most gains yeah. per club. But I am still confident with the squad we're sending out can beat Hawks and we should beat Hawks. And the great thing about this game is it's finally on the MCG. And I think lately we play well on the MCG. In fact, in 2018, we got the record for the only team to ever go undefeated in Melbourne for the entire season because we played on the G in the grand final and things and well, played a lot better there. Our second ground at Lathlane's the MCG. So yeah, exact dimensions. It's exact dimensions, so it's got no excuses. Well, the last five times we've met, Eagles have won three and the Hawks two. Uh, we've won one over there, they've won one over here. Yeah. So against the grain, uh, you just talked about injuries... Dan, let's go through the club's injury list. Brass, two weeks for shoulder. You know, he was close to playing, but now apparently he's two weeks. He's got to build up strength. So be transparent, Eagles. Uh, Shannon Bungahoon, uh, two to three weeks for calf. McGovern, two weeks for groin. Uh, Liam Ryan, he could be back within two weeks, apparently, because he's travelling really good. But we know that could flare up. Hutchings has got a hammy. Um, Isaiah Winder, bit of sad news there. He tore a meniscus in his knee, so he had an operation on that during the week. So I don't know when he's going to be back. I'll find out. Uh, Zane True was uh, pulled out with illness against Waffle, so he, he wouldn't be in contingent. Shuey, round 14. Yo, uh, probably round 13, 14. And Venables won't play. With the Hawks, Burgoyne's a test, so he'll probably be back this week. Segler's out for two to three weeks. Will Day, he's a good young player, he's out for the rest of the year. And, yeah, basically Sicily's the other main player there. With a knee, he's out for the rest of the year as well. Um, but they've still got some good players. Burgoyne. Yeah, Bruce, Gunston, Mitchell, Borpol, Mira, McAvoy, Wingard, Impey, Shields, Hardigan, Phillips, Kozinski won the rising star this week. Mitchell. No, that was the week before. Jackson won it this week. Is it? Whoever it was. Yep. And Mitchell Lewis, he's been playing down the back. So... Yeah, look, I don't know. Like I said, we have to win this game because otherwise that effort against Freo means nothing to me. So, you know, we are decimated with injury. The damn wars broke, I think, the week before. We patched it up. Let's hopefully we can keep them patched up. If it's cement's dry, it's strong, <laughs> but yeah. Rapid set. <laughs> as a, do you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about we always seem to get a team after they've had a bad performance so they come out fired up? They had a terrible performance against Saints last mm. week, and it always happens to us. Yeah. So they've got to be fired up, angry. Alistair Cox and the media. not a placid coach. He's not an Adam Simpson that will talk to players. He will yell at those players. He will get them so fired up this week, and it and, happens to the Eagles all the time. And Kane Corns has been ripping into Clarkson all, all week, mm. and I'm thinking, you're doing this on purpose, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> You've got a vendetta, haven't you? Um, because he's been doing it for every person he's done it. They've come back the next yeah, week and proven him up. wrong, so. And he said, who's this week? And he goes, Clarkson. I'm going, it had to be against Eagles. But uh, look, um, like I said, we've still got enough talent on the field. I know we've got a lot of injuries, but still got enough talent there. So do we make any changes to the team? Uh, no. Uh, maybe Cameron in for like a Langdon. But even then, it's like, well, I don't know if he played much in the second half. I don't know if they rested him a bit because he's still got to build up that match fitness. But you don't flip for him. Um, Oscar Allen going back kind of helps a bit. Like, I don't know what your thoughts are, Wayne, but like... 
Depends where they play Gunston. Yeah, but with Oscar Allen back, Waterman then stays forward and he kicked three goals. Yeah. Like, he's not pushed up a wing. He's not pushed back. That's a bonus to have, isn't it? That's exactly right. So you just keep Waterman deep with him and Oscar Allen back. And as good as Oscar is up forward, he's a better back option than Waterman is. Oh, definitely. And what I've always said to me, I've always, I like Waterman as forward. He's a good grab and he's a really good kick. He hardly ever misses, so touch wood. Um, he doesn't miss this weekend. Um, where's the game going to be won, boys? It's got to be in the middle again. Huh? If they bring in Amira, if Amira comes back in, now they got Mitchell, they got Warple. It's got to be run one around the ground. We've got to play with the same intensity as last week. If we don't, we'll get smashed. Simple as that. We don't play the same running game. If we go back to the way we played, if, if we go back to what we... Waste the time. And that'll feed straight into Clarkson's hands, because let's Face it, he he always pulls out good uh, games against Eagles. Yeah. Even when we we're uh, uh, in a better form than we were, mm. we only won just over the MCG last time. I think I was at the last MCG win, and I think we won with about two minutes ago when Cripps kicked the goal. I think that was the last time. Yeah. So I was there, I was down in the change rooms, and so I didn't see it, and all I could hear was delayed. And I'm going, I hope that's us winning, and it was. <laughs> See, I, I think it is the middle two. I think yeah. they, but not so much like you want them in the centre clearance, obviously, but if we don't have the ball, we need our mids to push back and help that defence. So that's, that's to me, the key. If Brandon can push back, we know the ball. And Gaff's done it too. It's surprising Gaff gets back and takes a few marks in defence because he's loose. No one mans him up. Mm. So if our wingman can just run and get back, make it a hard contest, a flooded back line, um, that's where I think we'll win the game. I've said all year that Gaff's the, he's the link between defence and attack. Has been for and he's, two years. And he's quietly gone about his job. Yeah. He hasn't... He's he's a mess and he's averaging... Uh, except for the first two games, I think he's averaging 30 possessions a game. Well, he bounced back, didn't he? Because he and, was questioned, um, and since then he's been playing... And, but he's quietly gone abundant, but no one's talking about him. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, like Gaff on the weekend against... Um, I know we should have touched this on in uh, the final siren, but I thought his game was impeccable. Mm. Mate, second, it was brilliant. Oh, a side note... I find XL players are very level-minded. You know, Emily will cut sick. Jakovic will not favour us in the... Oh, he's the worst commentator. No, I'm saying, Sumich loves to test trips off us. Freer are the complete opposite. And this is a very off-track here. Did you know Lee Spur gave Brayshaw votes? Yeah, he gave him a vote. One vote. Yeah, for the... I I couldn't... He he had, like, eight, like... All his possessions, it was amazing. It was like 28 hand passes or something. And, and seven of them were turnovers. Yeah, that's the way. It was yeah. just ridiculous. And Pav, you oh. can tell he looks upset. And I don't actually mind Pav. I'm not a Pav hater. I actually like Pav as a person. I think his commentators are good. But he's very biased. You could tell how devastated he was. They would ask questions like, oh, is the sun in the eagle's eyes? His answer is, oh, yeah, but that's just as hard as for the Fremantle defenders. Yeah, I heard that. That's not the question they asked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very biased. At least for giving votes to a... When you've got players kicking five, uh, three goals, three goals, three goals, 35 and a goal. You've got Tim Kelly doing great. You've got Shed with the 30. You know, it's amazing, really. I've got another stat here for you. <laughs> you've got me very excited. This no, it's not actually a stat. It's more of a... At round eight... They say whoever's in the top eight usually finishes in the eight, right? And there's very min- there's minimal changes. There's maybe one this year, one year, two the next year, right? And at the moment we're sitting in eighth. The next four games after Hawthorne are Adelaide at home, Giants away, 
Essendon at home and the Blues away. There's no easy game. There's no easy game, yeah, but no easy games this year. They, is there really? If he, I, I, it, I'm, I'm going to take my patch off. I'm not being one idea. I cannot see why Eagles can't win all five. Oh, we'll go in favourites are all. You know what I mean? So that's about it. But see, There's I, no way we're going to be favourites for away game. I love the G. So Carlton should be on the G, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. It's on the G. And even when we're talking about game styles, I don't mind the kicking game on the MCG, but it has to be a fat oval. But we got destroyed on skill stain because it's long and skinny. You can't play that game style on a skinny oval. But does that all change if we've got to do what Frio do and move our home games away? Hmm. I don't think so. I, I think you know, in two weeks, weekend. yeah, exactly. You'll know it, it, this weekend. is gambling. We're guessing here. Yep. But by the time we get another home game, I think it'll be 45%, 45,000% to 75% capacity probably because it's going to be two weeks because mm. I think we got an away game at the exact perfect time. I think we got out of WA at the perfect time. All right. Let's hope it's not a... Well, actually, it could be a perfect storm. <laughs> I don't know if that's the analogy. Uh, look, where's the winner in margin? I'm going Eagles by uh, 32 points. That's how confident I am. I don't know why, but I was going to say 32 points as well. Was yeah. I'm confident. I don't know. I, was... I think it's going to be a, not an easy win, but a good win. Yeah, we have to win. I just go on Eagles and just hope we win. I don't care how much it is. Yeah, just tick those, get those four points away. I agree 100%. All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, Knock us up on our Facebook. Send us in any questions you want uh, on the Eagle Nation on Instagram as well and on Twitter. Uh, get the shows from any uh, podcast platforms. Uh, we're going to find out where you listen to next week. We'll put out a post just to find out where you listen to us from and where. I know we've got people in Buenos Aires. Um, uh, there's a lot in America. There's a lot in England as well. So thanks for listening out there, guys. And we'll give you a shout if you tell us where you're exactly from and uh, if you've got an allegiance with a football team. I know there's a couple of guys up in uh, Scotland. They've got their own uh, West Loft Lane. They've got their own Eagles football team, so they follow us. So I'll give them a bit of a shout-out again next week as well. Eagle Nation slowly taking over the world. <laughs> and we're, and if you're in America, listen to We're on Amazon uh, Prime. Not Amazon Prime, Amazon Podcasting. So anyway, guys, until uh, next week, uh, let's hopefully, hopefully we're um, here with another win. Catch you guys. See ya.